Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. Hope y'all are doing exceptionally well. Welcome to my Purpose Singleness course. I know it's been a while. It's been a busy season, but I do plan on doing more of these videos. And I may move these uh, live videos to Saturdays at noon, as I think that might be a better time, especially over the summer, uh, uh, to be able to serve you all. So uh, it was 1 o'clock now, but 12 o'clock somewhere. But I just want to welcome you all. Uh, for those who are their very first time watching my video, my name is Josh Rezzi. Also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And if you're getting into um, the playlist of my purposing on this videos, I've been doing for the last 30 or 40 sort of weeks, uh, uh, sporadically, been doing videos to help singles and individuals um, um, become whole so they can be able to hold what God has for them. So as everyone's coming in, let me know where you're watching from, all that good stuff. Those who joining me live, get your pens, get your papers, get ready, because we're going to go through some points on how we can be more self-aware in every area of life. So singleness is just not just about uh, people that's not married. It's about all of us individuals endeavoring to be whole. So there may be some points aiming right at singles, but also for those who are married, those who are whatever, just also be cognizant of some of these things in your life to see how you become more whole so that you can continue to hold um, your marriage and hold your family without uh, a wavering, et cetera. So we got Nate in the building. God bless you too, man. Tuning in for Panama, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for watching. For time's sake, I'm gonna get right into it because I have a Zoom call on my Patreon right after this. Right at 2.15, I'll be doing a, a Q&A or just a discussion with patrons, uh, patrons who... Um, um, who just have questions about purpose in life. And so if you want more information about that, go to patreon.com, type in Joshua Ezzy, and join me on that call today if you want a little bit more uh, Q&A or questions in regards to anything in regards to purpose. So let's get right into my notes. Let's get right into it. Like I said before, we're going to be talking about self-awareness and singleness, being self-aware, um, examining ourselves to ensure that we are actually growing, maturing, etc., so that we can be a useful tool or a useful uh, uh, um, um, person for God. But let's get right into some scriptures real quickly. We're going to go over some of these. Uh, thank you so much for watching for Kenya. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, share this video. Get it out to as many people as you can so that we can learn and grow together. But some scriptures I want to cover real quickly before I get into some other points um, is this. First Timothy 4.16 says, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. This is Paul talking to Timothy. Persist in this for by doing so, you will save both yourself and those who hear. That's a very poignant, very uh, uh, um, layered scripture that's very essential for us to understand, is that it's saying that we must keep a close watch on ourselves and on the teachers or doctrines of the faith, right? We have to keep a close watch on it. We just can't ignore those different things. We have to watch those things to ensure that we are actually keeping up with the help of the Holy Ghost, a standard I wouldn't even say a standard of perfection, but a standard of, of that clearly communicates to others that we are believers, that we are, are, are on a mission, and that we eternally minded and kingdom advanced focus, right? So it says, keep a close watch on yourself, not on others, but yourself, and on the teaching, the word of God. Persist in this. That, that shows that we have to do our part. We must persist in it. We must walk in it with the help of the Holy Ghost. For by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Perse perseverance and perseveration is important for the believer because it's essential that we persevere. We're called salt and salt preserves. So for those, as we keep a close watch on ourselves, we must have a mission we must have a, a why that keeps us from doing the what or that keeps us pursuing the what that we need to in regards to the things of God. Second Corinthians 13, 5 says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves or do you not realize this about yourself that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail to meet the test? That's the beautiful thing. The issue is many of us trying to meet tests without the one that passed the test, <clears throat> Right. So when we know that Jesus lives inside of us through his spirit, enabling us to do what we are incapable of without him and helping us to be the individual we need, then we will be able to see, let me make sure that I continue to examine myself with awareness of God's omnipresence and the awareness of God's help and test myself to make sure that I am persistent, to make sure that I am uh, uh, able to handle what it is I need to handle. And that's important. Uh, um, Various things in life go through tests. A lot of things in life go through inspections to make sure that it's able to continue to do what it was created to do. Bridges, 
uh, buildings, various things go through certain inspections to make sure that they are able to be stable, right? So it says examine yourselves often, daily, weekly, examine ourselves to see whether I'm in the faith, the faith of God that I'm actually flowing in a faith that's, that's going to help me to grow. Let's continue. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbeliever to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God. We'll continue. That makes more sense as we go through some more of our points. Uh, Proverbs 25 says, the, the purpose in a man's heart is like deep waters, but a man of understanding will draw it out. We'll expound it down the road. And Jeremiah 17, 9, most, most of us know this, is that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick who can understand. Now, let's get into some points here. Let's get right into my problem. Many singles or individuals are not aware of what they need to be aware of, affecting their growth and unanswered prayers, right? So many singles or individuals, let me get my notes up. Many singles or individuals are not aware of what they need to be aware of. And due to their lack of awareness, they, it is affecting their growth and their unanswered prayer. Their lack of awareness is keeping them from addressing what needs to be addressed. Okay. The many singles individuals are aware, are not aware of what they need to be aware of, meaning that they are distracted and looking at other things that have no eternal value. That's not going to benefit them in any area of their life. So they are aware of other people and what they're doing. And with social media, we are tempted often to, to look in other people's lives and examine their lives and be more aware of what they need to be working on versus examining ourselves to see what we need to work on, right? So many singles or individuals are not aware of what they need to be aware of affecting their growth and unanswered prayers. So many people get mad at God because things are not uh, uh, available in their lives or they feel like their prayers are not answered, but they're not even examining themselves. They're mad at God. They're mad at others. They're making excuses on why they're not married or excuses on why they don't have X, Y, or Z in their life when they're not taking the necessary time to take the initial assessment to examine themselves initially to see what is the root cause as to why I'm doing what I'm doing. Why I am, why am I, the, why am I thinking the way I'm thinking? Why am I moving the way I'm moving? And, and then examining often after you have been made aware of the standard and been made aware of the help of the Holy Spirit and been made aware of the life that you can live in Christ. And then checking on yourself often beyond that. But many people don't do that. They're not examining themselves, they're not aware of what they need to work on. They're, they're, they're not focused, right? Their lack of awareness is keeping them from addressing what needs to be addressed. Like I always say, whatever you don't address now will undress you later. The things that you are not aware of right now, the things that you are ignoring right now will be in your face. You cannot outrun problems that need to be solved. You can't outrun them. You can't you can't out uh, 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 ignore them because they will show up again. Whatever you do not address now will undress you later and will expose you for who you really are. Let's keep going. Now, uh, it, it leads to them being undressed. Okay, next point. We are ignorant. Let's get this. We are ignorant of the things in or around us that are affecting us tremendously. Understand this. Second problem is that we are ignorant of the things in or around us that are affecting us tremendously. We are paying attention to or are aware of things that have no eternal value or will produce no eternal reward. That's powerful. Let's read again. We are ignorant of the things in or around our lives, right? We are ignorant of the things in or around us that are affecting us tremendously. We don't even know the effects of these things. But there's things in us right now through the wounds of our of our uh, childhood, uh, the effects of, of poor relationships, a lot of things that are in us right now, insecurities, uh, fears, all these different things are affecting us tremendously. And things that are around us, the environments we choose to be in or we allow our minds to succumb to are affecting us tremendously. We are paying attention to or are aware of things that have no eternal value or will produce or will not produce an eternal reward. 
So many of us are focused on things that will only benefit us here or may only benefit us in a moment on Instagram, or a moment online or a moment at this event, right? It only benefits us at that moment, like the Pharisees. When it, when God, when Jesus was talking to people, said, look at the Pharisees who are praying, who are doing these things openly. This is their only reward. And so many people look good on social media. They look good online. They look good in these environments and places. But God is looking at them and said, that's their only reward. The response from other people is their only reward. There's nothing they're going to gain outside of this besides what they're expressing. So we are so immersed in these different carnal things, keeping us from being a critique critique, keeping us from critiquing ourselves to ensure that we are operating at a high level of Christ likeness so that when people look upon our lives, they will be able to see the hope in us. We're not talking about perfection here. We're talking about progression and serving God that in the process of that, you will begin to bear more fruit, which will draw more people to you for you to be able to serve them, right? Next point, self-awareness by definition is this. Self-awareness is the conscious knowledge of one's own character, feelings, motives, and desires. So self-awareness by definition is the conscious knowledge and the conscious understanding. You just can't know about, because there's a lot of people that know that they have bad character. They know that they are immersed in negative feelings. They know their motives are bad and they know they have carnal desires, but they still do nothing with it. So they're aware of it, but they're not in self-acting mode. So they're self-aware, but they're not self-acting. It's important for us to go from self-awareness where we have the knowledge to self-application, to self-acting, where we say, I, I am not only am I been made aware by the Holy Spirit or just by just looking at myself and knowing myself, because the worst person to lie to is you. You know you. I know me. I know areas I need to improve. So do you, right? But when we are just conscious of it, but we're not uh, choosing to be um, to, to, to act on it, then, then there's no point. So self-awareness by definition is the conscious knowledge of one's own character, feelings, motives, and desires. Now, some people only have a surface conscious level awareness of themselves. They only know themselves at a surface level, right? But we, through the Holy Spirit, we can have deep self-awareness to the depths of our character to the deepest parts of our character. That's why the Bible says the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? The only one that can know it is God. Therefore, I love when the Holy Spirit investigates me. That's why I run to the light. And singles need to run to the light because it, because you think you think you can hide things in singleness, but when you get married, marriage is a magnifying glass. You hear me? Marriage is a magnifying glass. And what, you're be, what you've been hiding in your singleness will be exposed in your marriage. What you've been hiding in your, in your private life will be exposed in your public life. That's why I always say um, um, how you practice in your single life will determine how you perform in your married life. How you practice in this season will determine how you perform in the next season. How you um, practice in your off season in any area business, entrepreneurship, family, relationship, no matter what, how you practice in your single life, how you practice in this season of your life will determine how you perform at the next level of your life. And it's important that we are aware of that. And so many of us, we want to perform, but we don't want to put the work in. We want the accolades. We want the things that comes with performance. We want the stage, but we don't want the steps. And if you skip a step, you're going to find yourself right back at the step you skipped and then miss out on opportunities to actually perform long. The goal is not about getting a thing or obtaining a thing. It's about maintaining and sustaining that thing. Life is not about just getting married. Life is about managing marriage. Life is not just about having children. It's about managing children. Life is not just about making money. It's about managing wealth. It's a mindset. And if your mind is not set on the things of God, then you will find yourself uh, um, short-lived in season that you want to live uh, for a long period of time. Listen, God is looking for stewards. God is looking for managers. God is looking for individuals who are willing to put the work in so that they can be able to sustain the level of work at the next phase of their life. That's why it's essential that you audit the way you practice right now. You audit the way you live right now because many people, the reason why they are not where they desire to be, the reason why people are not married, the reason why, or or, or uh, married to the one God wants them to be married to, the reason why people don't have what they desire to have and then fall into a level of madness towards God is because of them. 
If you were able to uh, um, 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 find or 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 um, what I'm trying to say here. Basically, what I'm saying is you got to get to a place where you say, you know what, God, expose me. I'd rather be exposed in private and do a private work than to be exposed in public and lose my public work. So please understand that it's essential <clears throat> for us to examine how we're acting right now. On an hour basis, it depends on the circumstance. Depending on the circumstance, it will determine how often you examine. So if you're if some some seasons may require you to audit yourself hourly, some of them may require you to audit yourself daily. Certain seasons may require, require you to audit yourself weekly, monthly, quarterly, semi-annually, annually, right? We must go through these little check markers to make sure that we are who we need to be, right? Let's keep going. So self-awareness is the conscious knowledge of one's own character, feelings, motives, and desires. <clears throat> Let's get some more points here. Now, what is what are your aspirations? Here are some questions. What are your aspirations? And I want to make sure I go back. I think I, I skipped a question. I want us to make sure that we uh, process. Oh, I didn't even put it up here. But one of the questions that I want you to process right now is how do you look to God? How do you look to yourself? And how do you look to others? These three questions will help you be self-aware. You got to ask, how do I truly look towards God? Because it doesn't matter how I look to others. Ultimately, it matters how I look to God. I can care less what you think about me. I can care less about what you say about me. I can care about. I can care less about what you know about me. I am focused on the one who knows everything. Because the one who knows everything, my awareness of his ability or his omniscience and his omnipresence emboldens me or makes me aware of his presence, not for me to be a uh, tight or tense because I don't know if I'm going to be judged here or there, but I know for a fact that his omnipresence keeps me on point. That his omnipresence keeps me so that I can be more aware of myself and make sure that I look good to me so I can look good to others. Knowing how you look towards God will help you say, you know what? I am in a constant state of improvement. I'm in a constant state of growth. I'm in a constant state of awe. I'm in a constant state of wonder about the goodness of God that his hands are invested in me right now. So I want him to mold me. I want him to shape me so that when I look in the mirror, I'm proud of the man that God is making. I'm proud of the husband that God is making. I'm proud of the future father that God is making. I'm proud of it. So that when that confidence comes from my Christ confidence and Christ correcting me, now when I'm in the the uh, the theaters and, and when I'm out there in the marketplace and when I'm out there in the world, when people look at me, they can say, you know what? That's a man of God, right? And that's the beautiful thing about ask yourself these questions. How do I look to God? How do I look to myself? And how do I look to others? These questions are essential for growth. Let's keep going. Now, what are your aspirations? And please forgive me if these notes are too small. But what are your aspirations? The level of your aspiration will determine the level of your self-awareness. What we have our sights on will determine how much we improve ourselves. So what are your aspirations? What are your goals? What are you after? Will determine the level of your self-awareness. So if, if my aspirations is to be a man of God, if my aspirations is to be a, a, a premium, uh, a, a powerful, anointed example on behalf of God, then I'm going to check myself more often. <clears throat> the more the more potent the situation, the more critical the situation, the, the more the checks have to be. The more critical the situation, the more the checks have to be. Now, what does that mean? The more critical or the higher you get in life, the more you got to check your life. So if you're going through a nuclear plant, if you're going through a, a, a zoo, if you're going through something that has, a, 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 if unrestrained can be uncontrollable, right, then there has to be greater checks. So if, 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 if I want to be, since I am married, I have to do checks often as a husband. I have to check myself often because I'm in a more critical place. When I have children, it becomes more critical. I got to check the way I father because I'm in more of a critical situation. And, and people don't look at their lives critically because they think they have nine lives like a cat. We only have one life. And when I'm aware that I only have one life, I live it more critically. Not critically in regards to uh, being hard on myself. I don't want you to swing to the extreme, but I know 
for a fact that in this life, in the midst of a spiritual warfare, in a darkened climate, with souls at stake, as a soldier enlisted by God, not not to be entangled, but to be on mission, then I got to be more checking. I got to check myself more often. I got to be more uh, 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 critical of myself because I'm in critical situations. Now, critical, there's people who go to the extreme. What I'm all I'm saying is, is that the higher you go, the more you got to check. The more you got to check on yourself. How am I interacting with other women? How am I interacting with other people? How am I interacting with money? How am I interacting? Because I have a wife now. So if I have a wife that has put the Ezzy on her back of her jersey and she's put on my jersey, right? And she wants to play on this team. I got to do more checks more often. So single individuals, check yourself now. Because when you, it's, it's pointless to desire a more critical place without no checks and balances. That's why you need checks and balances to check you so that you can remain balanced. Our children no longer need to be birthed into unbalanced and unchecked environments. We got to make sure that we don't welcome <clears throat> things in unchecked and unbalanced situations. And the reason why our society is unstable is because people don't want to go through the proper checks and balances and people are not aware of just how critical certain aspects of life are. So don't just say, I'm going to aspire. I'm not going to sit there and be like, I just want I, I, I just want this place of life. And all you care about is getting, getting, getting and not checking, checking, checking. Because let me ask you this question. How long do you want what you want? How long do you want to be married? How long do you want to be wealthy? How do you long do you want to be successful? You can never be, your longevity is based upon the levels of your checking. If you rarely check yourself, you'll rarely be in a place of success. So ask yourself, how long <clears throat> or what, how long do you want to be married? How long do you want to be successful? <coughs> Excuse me one, one second. All right, I'm back. Whew. Boy, I took my vitamins right before this. Amen. All right, we're back. But how long do you want what you want? Those who desire things for long periods of time understands the weight, right? They understand what comes with it. And that's essential. I want to be married 50, 60 years. So I got to check. I got to check at the level of the, at the length. I got to check the level. I got to check at the level of the length. Wow. You got to check at the level of the length. How long you want it will determine the level you will check. So if you want it long, you check it as with longevity in mind. You check it with legacy in mind. You, you check at the level of the length. That's why people don't who are in short relationships, they don't they're not, they're not checking because they don't want to be in that for long. People don't want to people who do not want to be in long relationships or who don't want to be anything that has any length to it. They don't have no high level of checking on it. So if they if they come in knowing that it's only going to be short lived, they're not going to check on it. They're not going to check at the expectation you desire. You desire a long relationship. You desire these X, Y, Z things. But the people that you're engaging with don't want it the same length. That's why you don't want to be linked up with people that don't desire to go the, the same length. You don't want to be linked up with people that's not willing to journey the way you want to live. The issue is there's a lot of marathon runners linking up with sprinters, and you wonder why they don't finish the race with you. You can't be a marathon runner linking up with a sprinter and expect yourself, expect the individual to be there at the end with you. It just doesn't work that way. Life is a marathon. Aspects of life are marathon long. And the issue is the devil loves training sprinters. God trains marathon runners. The devil trains sprinters. All he wants is people to get it quick, get there quick, but don't be legit enough to keep it, right? Now, God... <clears throat> wants to train marathon runners because life is long. Marriage is long. Money can be long. Children are long. They're going to be your child for the rest of your life and their life. And if we're not aware of that, we won't have much life to live. 
Let's keep going. This is getting good. I might do a part two for time's sake because I got to get a, I got to get to my Patreon. So what are your aspirations? <clears throat> the level of your aspiration will determine the level of your self-awareness. What we have our sights on will determine how much we improve ourselves. Next point. Aspirations without examination leads to false expectations. Let's break this down and show my face on this because this is powerful, right? Let me get my notes together. <clears throat> aspirations without examination. So having these aspirations of marriage, of success, without daily examination, weekly examination, monthly examination, leads to false expectations, which leads to aggravation. So when you have these high aspirations without daily examinations, you start developing false expectations. Now you begin to say, oh, I should be married by now. Oh, God surely will bring it to me at this point. Oh, oh, God will, God surely because of his love for me will answer my prayer at this juncture. No, the issue is you will, you got your aspirations on things that are earthly. So, so the thing is eternity is the highest point. That's why the, the Bible says think of things that are above, above the above. Don't think about things that are above, above meaning I want to be at this pinnacle life. No, think above that. <clears throat> Think on what eternity wants you to think. Think on being connected to an eternal connection and not just your earthly desires, right? Because if you have these earthly aspirations, even though they're high, without the proper examinations at the level by which you should check yourself, then you will start developing false expectations on God. God is not going to move based upon how you want to move. God operates on his timetable. God operates at an eternal timetable because everything has been set from eternity. So God is not going to be moved moved because of your tears. <clears throat> God is not just going to be like, okay, uh, I'm just going to do this for you just to be doing it. And I know that I know the level of your development, right? So what he's saying is, is that people, not what he's saying, but what oftentimes happen, people get mad at God. God, I should be married by now. God, I wanted kids by now. God, I wanted this house by now. God, I wanted this or that by now. And God's like, you should have been looking at yourself more thoroughly. Examine yourself. Are you in alignment with me? Do you trust me at a certain level? And the devil loves, the enemy loves when we develop these false expectations because he knows these people will in, in, inevitably, eventually get mad at God so vehemently that they walk away from him and then fall in greater pains, fall in greater issues. So if you don't have your mind on things that are above, you're not aware of God's character, then you're going to start acting out of character and then go and try to find a script to be a part of another film and then realize that that film sucked in the theater box and you have no eternal success with that. Right. So we must understand that 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 we got to have aspirations that are eternal. Because aspiration without examination leads to false expectation, which leads to aggravation and it leads to you getting upset with God. And then when you get aggravated with God, then it leads to desperation. I bump, God ain't moving fast enough. Now that I've communicated this with other people, now that, now that I'm going to a, a Father's Day and Mother's Day cookouts, I'm going to Christmas here, I'm going there, and people are always asking me, why are you single? Who cares what they think? Who cares what they say about your singleness? Your singleness is in the hand of God. Singleness is not a disease. Singleness is not for the outcast. Singleness is a gift. And a lot of people who's married right now will tell you right now how much of a gift singleness is. Singleness is not a sub subcategory of marriage. It is a counterpart of marriage. Why? Singleness is not just something, oh, that's for the low lives and the people who are married are the blessed ones. No, singleness is a counterpart to marriage. It, it's a prerequisite. It plays a part to marriage and to success, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> So the enemy wants you to minimize the idea of singleness so that you won't maximize your singleness. So he wants you to minimize the idea of it so that you won't maximize God's idea of your singleness, preparing you for marriage, preparing you for, for parenting, preparing you for the next level of life. And so when you have these aspirations with false, uh, with uh, aspirations with, um, let me get my points up. When you have these aspirations without examination, then you start developing these false expectations and then when these false expectations get high enough, now you get aggravated and then aggravation leads to desperation. And now you become desperate. So you settle for a guy, you know, that's not for you. You start settling for a girl because you want to look good online, because you want to have the, the pictures and the filters that people have about their marriages. They, You want to have the look of a thing, but you don't want to have the longevity of a thing. And so what happens is now you're in desperation mode, you get married prematurely, you get in relationships prematurely, 
You start giving up your body prematurely. You start engaging in all these different things prematurely. And then it leads you into desolation. And now you desolate. Now, now, now you're dry. Now you're, now you're not where you need it to be. Right. So it's essential that we understand what uh, we, we got to audit our ambitions. We got to audit our asp- aspirations and, 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 and nothing wrong with aspiring. Aspire to be great. Aspire to be to do great things. But make sure it's at a level where you're doing the checks and balances to make sure that you are checked and balanced. Right. Next point. We must always be self-aware because self can't be trusted. The self and the flesh. We must always be self-aware because self can't be trusted. That's that's powerful. I can know I can never trust myself. I don't trust nothing about myself. Nothing. Now, there's some things about them. When I talk about self, I'm talking about the flesh. We're not talking about skill. It's a big difference between skill and self. So I trust my skill. I trust my work ethic. I trust that. That's the good qualities of myself, right? That's the part of myself that is developed through the Holy Spirit to develop just through basic, practical, self-discipline, et cetera. I could trust my skill. I could trust this. I could trust it because I'm good at it, right? But I can't put no trust in myself. Self versus skill. Most people, they blend the two. So they put their trust in themselves and they think they're trusting in their skill, but then they put them, they trust in themselves. So I got to always check myself <clears throat> while developing my skill. So there's nothing wrong with putting your trust in your skill sets, right? But don't put your trust in yourself yet, right? Because when you put your trust in yourself, then you start thinking that you are, you start thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to think. And you start thinking that you're able to handle things that you're not able to handle. So what you do is you check yourself often to say, okay, where is self at? Is self cooperate with the sanctification work of the Holy Spirit? Is self being renewed? Is self being held accountable? Is self dying daily? So therefore, I don't put no trust in myself because myself can't be trusted, right? But so many people, they put their trust in themselves when they should just put their trust in their skill. And you put your trust in your skill, great, but make sure you keep auditing yourself. Let's keep going. Now. Uh, here we go. Compromise. Let's get compromise and consecrated. Now I might, I'm gonna do another video on this. So I'm gonna kind of breeze by these points because I'm gonna do another video on this, but compromise is to expose or make vulnerable to danger, suspicion, scandal, etc., or to jeopardize. The enemy wants us to compromise so we can jeopardize. The enemy wants us to compromise so that we can jeopardize. That's important. He wants us to live a compromised life so we can jeopardize our family, jeopardize our children, jeopardize our spouses, jeopardize our ministries, jeopardize our business, jeopardize, jeopardize, jeopardize. That's why you can't compromise. You got to remain consecrated. You got to remain concentrated on the things of God so that the more you concentrate on the things of God, your mind begins to be renewed. You start changing the way you're thinking and changing the way you're speaking, start changing the way you're living. And then eventually you start progressing into the person that God is designing you to be. Right. But the moment you start compromising in little areas. So the issue is the reason why we compromise is because there's um, there's nothing. Uh, there's no immediate punishment. So I compromise in this area because uh, there's nothing really I'm, I'm not really jeopardizing much. See, the issue is the enemy wants you to taste sin for a while without uh, a consequence. So what happens is he wants you to engage and make a choice into compromise so that you can feel, wow, it's nothing like a kid. When you took a cookie out of the cookie jar and mom didn't find out, there's something exhilarating about that. This was this has been happening since childhood for a lot of us. So we feel exhilarated when we do things and get away with it and, and be able to be empowered by compromise. So now since I compromised, I made more money, though. I made more honey, though. <laughs> I got more girls. I got more guys. I got more time. I got more this through compromise. I'm going to keep going because we got it in a way that wasn't conducive to the proper way, right? So the enemy wants us to compromise so that you will go long periods of time without being caught. The enemy is going to make sure you get caught because whatever happens in the dark will come to the light. It may not come to the light eventually. And God's grace and mercy, we be we be uh, misused. And that's why the Bible says, shall we continue in sin? That grace abounds. God, the word of God says, God forbid. 
Because the issue is we we uh, we mismanage God's grace <clears throat> and we uh, abuse his grace and we spit on his mercy. And then about time it happens to us. Now we're begging for mercy and grace. When God said, I gave you weeks, I was warning you. Stop doing this, son. That's the beautiful thing about God's omnipresence. He don't smack you the first time you do it. God saying, hey, fam, stop it. Watch it check yourself, stop, stop. And the warnings get louder. That's why I tell people all the, all the time, the more you ignore a warning sign, the more expensive a thing becomes. The more you ignore the warnings, the more expensive that thing becomes. So if I see a warning sign on my car, on my dashboard, and I ignore it for weeks, if I would have got it checked initially when the warning sign came on, it might have been $25. It might have been a $25 issue. But because I drove on it and, 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 and rode on it, for weeks and months. Now what would have cost $25 now costs $2,500. So the more I ignore that warning sign, the more expensive the issue became. And the issue is <clears throat> the more we compromise and we spend the currency of our time in compromise, then eventually we begin to jeopardize greater things. But if you would have stopped doing that, stopped watching that, initially it only would have cost you uh, a brief moments of condemnation, might have cost you uh, 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 whatever emotions. It might have cost you just at the emotional level, at a little level. But the enemy knows the more you invest in compromise, the more you engage in compromise, when you get caught, the more that's jeopardized. The devil is not after inches. He's after acres. The enemy's not after uh, one night. He's after all nights. He's not after a little. He wants it all. So he's going to find a way. How can I get this man to jeopardize his marriage, jeopardize his ministry? How can I get her to jeopardize her family and jeopardize her health? How can I get them to jeopardize? I get them to jeopardize through compromise. Let's keep going. So compromise by definition to expose or make vulnerable to danger. So the enemy wants to expose you to danger and make you vulnerable to danger. So to expose or make you vulnerable, meaning you don't even know it's dangerous. You don't even know it's bad, but he knows it's bad. The enemy, the enemy knows it is, but he wants to expose you to make you familiar with it. And then you compromise and you become vulnerable to danger. Right. And then you end up jeopardizing something of greater value. Let's keep going. Consecrated by definition is sacred or set apart, dedicated to the service or worship of a deity or for a spiritual religious person. That's what consecrated means. That I'm setting myself apart from that stuff. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna entertain anything that's gonna cause me to jeopardize. That's why you got to think three or four moves ahead and say, "Hey, man, that's that's. I, I might. I'm, I might lose more. I might lose more than I'm really willing to give." You got yourself. Am I willing to lose at the level of my give? No. If it. If, if it. No. I'm not gonna give anything to anything that's gonna take more from me than what I gave it. And no matter what you give the devil, he takes more than what you gave. The repercussions of compromise or will always be greater than the joy of the choice. So the consequence will always be heavier, will always be worse than the joy and the fun you felt in the moment. I prom There's nothing in this world that, that is fun is worth more than the, the consequence. Nothing. 20 seconds with this, 20 minutes of that, 20 days of that. 20 months of that will not come close to what has been lost the next 20 years because the enemy knows the angelic support that's that's behind your life. The enemy knows when God is moving on your behalf. He knows it before you know it. How can I tell? Daniel. Daniel prayed in the angel by the time he came to Daniel, the 21 day. The angel said, we've been heard you, fam. We've been heard your prayers, but the principality of Persia tried to prevent us. See what I'm saying? So they already know. Oh, snap. Hold on. Run, they run your demon running to hell. <sighs> hey, yo. Hey, yo. Supervise the demon. Supervise the demon. Yo, Michael and them doing stuff for fam. What do I do? Oh, what? What they bringing in? I don't know. They bringing a house through, I think. They trying to bring promotion through. Oh, we can't let her get promoted. We can't let him get promoted. Oh, we got to run back there and get her to sabotage it. We got to run back there and get him to sabotage. They see angelic and divine support coming your way before you do. Therefore, you got to watch what you do <laughs> so that you don't get into a level of compromise that shortchanged the liveliness of the things that you want in your life. This is powerful. 
So consecrated saying, hey, man, I'm setting myself apart. I'm dedicating to a service or, hey, I'm too I'm too focused serving on God to, to think about anything else. Let's keep going. We'll talk about more about that. And I think I said enough about compromise and consecrated. Maybe I'll do a little more lengthy video on it to help us all. Self-awareness and singleness. The enemy wants the following. He wants us to have blind spots. He wants us to have blinders on. Ultimately, he wants us blinded. He wants us blinded. That's why the scripture said, it says uh, in their case, right? In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers and to some degree, some believers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the uh, the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. He don't, he don't want that. He, he don't he don't want that. And so he don't want you to see the glory of Jesus. He don't want you to see the glory of God. He don't want you to see the glory that comes with working with God. So therefore, he wants you blinded. Don't look at that area. It's fine. Everybody has that. That's why I never identify yourself. Never identify yourself with 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 things of this world. That's my diabetes. Or that's my high blood pressure. I got this. Don't identify yourself with an issue or an ailment. Don't, don't identify yourself with a mental illness. Stop identifying yourself with these different things, right? Because now you do your identification that thing, you find yourself uh, 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 immersed in the unnecessary consequences of associating with that thing, right? So once you're blinded to it, you start accepting it. Well, everyone goes through this. Everyone has this. He wants to blind you to what the word of God says in contradiction. Yep. In contradiction of what the things that the Holy Spirit wants you to be successful over. So he wants you to have to be blinded so that you won't see the light. Many people don't want to go to the light because they don't want to be exposed. But those who understand the purpose of life want to be exposed. I want to be exposed privately. I want God to expose me <clears throat> daily. I welcome exposure so that I can keep my marriage, so I can keep my family, so I can keep my name, so I can keep going. I want to be exposed. I love when things pop up in my life where, where even though I was genuine, I had all great intentions, but it just wasn't, it was in the category of good spoken evil of. I love when those exposures come. I love it. Show me, reveal it to me so I can nip it in the bud, get out of my life and hug grace and mercy. I love group hugs. I love group hugging grace and mercy. Come here, grace and mercy. I hug them. Oh, thank you for exposing that. Thank you for showing that. Thank you, God, for being generous with me, even when I was negligent. I love exposure. You got to love it. If you don't love private exposure, you will be you will have to face public exposure. So it's best and it's more. It's so important to say, expose me, oh Lord. Show me now when no one else sees so that I can see it clearly and clearly get it out of my life. So when I am clearly seen, nobody can audit and say, hey, this man ain't who he says he is. And that's important. The enemy wants you blinded to the light so that you won't be exposed. He wants you to hate the light. That's why people operate more in darkness than they do in light. I'm in the light, fam. I want to be in the light. Show me, God. I do not want to be in the darkness because whatever's in the dark will come to the light. That's why I group hug grace and mercy and say thank you even in the midst of my ignorance, in the midst of my negligence, even in the midst of my shortcoming. You, you love me enough to expose me privately, God. And then when you get that private exposure, work on it. You're gonna probably make some mistakes along the way, but it but but God said, I already know you you honor my exposure, you honor my correction. He chasing those whom he loved. I welcome it. So, but God help me with this now. But the enemy wants you to have blind spots, he wants you to have blinders on. All you see is your vision, all you see is your dream, all you see is your goals. He wants us to have blinders so that we don't see the whole thing. He wants us focused on our goals, but not on the whole. See, you got to be able to see the whole in light of your goal. Right now, I have goals. I have personal goals, book goals, uh, um, author goals, uh, entrepreneurship goals. But I don't. I'm not blinded in tunnel vision on the goal. I see the whole. So it don't matter what my goal is. What does? What is my whole? My whole is in my is my wife. My whole is my family. That's a whole. Whole is my relationship with God. I cannot allow my goal to affect the whole. 
I got to be able to watch the whole in light of my goal and allow the nuance, the engagement of the Holy Spirit to help me with the nuances so that everything is successful. The one thing about me, I don't just want to be successful and my wife not, and my family not, and my marriage not, and, my, and everything else is not. You can't just look at the goal. You got to look at the whole and the devil wants you to have blinders. All you see is your goals, dreams, and aspirations. And your mama needs you right now. Your dad needs you right now. Your uh, son needs you right now. Your mom, your brother, your daughter needs you. Your husband needs you. Your wife needs you. But you're so tunnel vision, you're blinded. And you got to the finish line. You're successful, but you got there alone. So the enemy wants you to have blinders and blind spots. That's why even with driving, we have blind spots. So what you do, you check the blind spot. Many people are switching lanes and not checking the blind spots. If you there's a there's a way going to my job that when I when I get when you get off of one highway, you curve and go into another highway. And this is where a lot of trucks come. Right. So when I'm coming around a corner, I'm not just looking at my windshield. There's multiple things you look for while you're traveling through life. So, but if I come around that curve and I don't check that blind spot, there's been many times where a truck just whoom. But if I if I was just focused on getting over, all you see, you just can't be so focused. I just want to get over. I, but, but there's lessing in the getting through. The issue is we want to get over or get out, but we don't want to learn, learn the lessons of going through. Some things you got to go through the process to learn how to handle the next process, right? So the issue is we just want to get over to the next lane. We want to get over into marriage. I just want to get off this highway of singleness. I want to get off this highway so I can just swing over into marriage. I want to swing over into parenting. I want to swing over to success. And our tractor trailer truck is coming in your blind spot. Because new levels, new devils, fam. And so, and so what you got to realize is that I got to always check my blind spots. I can't just be worried about getting over and getting ahead and just getting to a place. I got to check my blind spots. I got to check to make sure, hey, is there anything coming over here where I can't see? We're so focused on the windshield that we don't look at the other sh other shields. Ooh. Your rear view mirror is a shield. Your side mirrors are a shield. Your windshield is a shield. And you got to check your different shields to make sure you're protected. Let's keep going. Holy Spirit, you're teaching today, man. It's an honor to be in partnership with you on this message. Now, what to be aware of? I'm going long, but I, I got a little bit of time. But what do we need? What to be aware of? What should we always be aware of? A-W-A-R-E. We got to be aware of our associations. We got to be aware of who we're linked up to. We got to be aware of our friends. We got to be aware of who we who we are connected to emotionally, mentally, socially, physically, financially. You got to be aware of your associations financially, who you're in partnership in business. You got to be aware of your associations. You got to be aware of where they at on their life. That's why birds of a feather flock together. Are you? That's why some people are trying to be chickens when they're called to be eagles. Eagles fly alone, fam. And the more you live life, the more you begin to realize that ain't too many people going to want to be willing to fly as high as you want to go. How high do you want to go? Do you just want to be a chicken and all you do is pluck, 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 pluck on the ground? Or do you want to be eagle that sees everything because you high? You see what I'm saying? So what kind of bird you want to be? <clears throat> do you want to be a chicken and a turkey always getting cooked, eat by other people? Or do you want to be an eagle? Do you want to fly high? You got to be aware of your associations. Where are they trying to fly to? Where are they trying to go? You got to be aware of your associations. You got to be aware of your friends. You got to be aware of where they are in life. You got to let God select your friends. You got to be aware of your associations. Number two, A, you got to be aware of your level of acknowledgement. You got to be aware of how often you acknowledge God. You got to be aware of that. You just can't keep acting without acknowledging. You got to be aware of that. Have I gone days or weeks without even acknowledging God about this relationship, without acknowledging God about my parenting, acknowledging God about my spousing, you know what I'm saying, my marriage, my husbanding. How long are you going in a position without acknowledging the one that put you there? You can't go long periods without acknowledging God. I acknowledge God probably every hour on the hour. Am I on the right path? Did I handle this with this child different? Did I handle this with this? I acknowledge it. And you have to. Did I handle this with my wife the way I should? I got to acknowledge often. And there has been periods of times in my life where I went hours without acknowledging God, if not days without acknowledging him in a particular area, and it came up to bite me. But thank God for the, the, bear, the, the group hug of grace and mercy. 
That's why I've learned. No, no, no. I can't go long period of time without acknowledging God. Am I on the right path? Am I doing the right thing? Am I saying the right thing? I got to acknowledge God. So I got to always be aware of the level of my acknowledgement of God. That's what the Bible says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your understandings, but in all your ways. Not in some of your ways, not in most ways, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. So you must be aware of your associations, who you're connected to. You also got to be aware of how often you acknowledge God, especially with the position that you have, especially in singleness, especially in marriage, especially in all critical places of life. You got to acknowledge God because God will always ensure you come out unscathed. What you what should you be aware of? Your work and your wealth ethics. You got to be aware of that. You got to be well aware, like if you if you want a certain level of wealth, if you want a certain level of success, you got to be you got to uh, acknowledge or be aware of your work ethic. Am I working at the level that I desire to be? Am I exhibiting the right work ethics? Am I exhibiting the right wealth ethics? How can you desire to have wealth if you don't have a wealth mindset and have wealth ethics? See, right now I'm practicing wealth ethics. I am reversing the poverty mindsets that my mind has been set on. I'm reversing the way I'm thinking through the help of the Holy Spirit, the way I think about money. It's never too late to change the way you think about money. And the way you think about money is to never love it, but to but to use it for God's glory. There's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with wealth. God says a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. There needs to be a constant, continuous support guarded by angelic support throughout the lineage of you and your name so that the gospel can continue to be funded and so that your children won't have to go through unnecessary stuff. So you got if you at the level that you want, you got to say, am I working at that level? And do I have the wealth ethics of that level? Right. Let's keep going. Also, what what you should be aware of or what to be aware of your actions. How am I acting? Like literally, how am I acting? Am I acting immature? Am I acting impure? How am I acting? I got to be constant aware of my actions and how my actions are perceived. Now, if your actions is is how it's supposed to be, who cares how it's received? But I got to make sure that I keep the receiver in mind. Communication is not just the deliverer of the communication. It's also the receiver of the communication. And actually, how the communication is being presented. I got to always be aware of my actions and how am I acting? How could my actions be perceived so my good won't be spoken evil of? I got to be aware of my attention and what gets it. Attention is currency. That's why they say pay attention. Pay attention means uh, your attention is actually worth more than money. Your attention is worth more than money. If it wasn't so, then why is social media paying billions of dollars for your attention? If attention was, was not more important than money, then people would care less about your attention. But your attention is valuable. You got to you got to audit and be aware of what has your attention, because whatever has your attention grows, whatever has your focus flows, whatever has your focus flourishes. That's why you got to say, okay, how much of my attention is giving to certain things? Because I promise you, you are surrounded by you are surrounded by the flourishings of what has your focus. So if you're if you're not flourishing in the area, it doesn't have the necessary focus and attention. But you got to be aware of what has your attention because the enemy wants you in detention. Next point. What to be aware of? Your righteousness in Jesus. That's Be aware of that. And what I mean by that is the imputed righteousness of Jesus. I'm aware of that. So when I make a mistake, it's already I'm already in the family. Uh, um, his imputed rights. I'm aware of my righteousness in Jesus. I'm aware of it. That I'm in right standing with God. Hell is on a penalty of mine. I don't got to worry about hell. Now, the awards I get in heaven, the the uh, the uh, the the things that the, how I would be judged based upon how I build on Christ. Now that I got to worry about, but I don't got to worry about hell. I don't got to worry about hell. I ain't going there. That's why I like my house cool because you know, I ain't worrying about. It. I ain't going there. I ain't going there. So if I ain't going there, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna fall. I ain't gonna allow the heat to hit me here, right? I'm not, so what I'm saying is is that you got to be aware of your righteousness, of Jesus. Righteousness because of Jesus. Like I'm in right standing with God because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Man, I'm glad about that. I'm aware of that. So when I do make a mistake, I know his imputed righteousness has granted me access to the Father, <clears throat> access to grace and mercy that follows me, forgiveness, joy. I'm aware of that. I'm a son of God. The issue is the reason why we mismanage other positions is because we're not aware of our first position or our redeemed position. The more I become aware that I'm a son of God and that I am fathered by him, 
then when I know that he's a good, good father, right? And I know that he loves me, then when I make a genuine mistake or when I make a whatever, I don't fall into condemnation. I fall into the arms of Christ. And then him, he'll make everything all right. And now I can get back on the path I need to. So I got to be aware that I'm a son of God and the benefits that come with that, especially when it comes to mistakes and the grace and mercy that comes with that. Last but not least, I must be aware of my emotions. Where are, where am I emotionally? How is, how is my, how are, how is my emotional intelligence? Am I able to discern? how I feel and why I feel it and not flood into my feelings. I have to be aware of my emotions. I got to be aware of, like some people, man, <clears throat> they are where they are because of their attitude. They are where they are right now because of what wounded them at 16, what wounded them at 12, who wounded them at 23. So now they got these negative attitudes that's permeating throughout their lives and it's keeping them from getting what's right for them. No peaceful man wants a problematic woman. No woman who's at peace wants a problematic, perverted man. People of peace want people of peace. That's why, listen, why do you think eagles fly so high? Ain't nothing up there <laughs> but God. So, so what I'm saying is peace attracts peace. And the reason why certain pieces are not in your life because you don't got peace in your life. So when you welcome the peace of God in your life, pieces from the peace of God comes into your life. So you got to check your emotions. Is my attitude... Uh, affecting what's bringing, what's being brought to me? Is my attitude affecting the dude that's not in my life right now? What is it? I got to check my emotions. I also got to be aware of my energy and where it goes. You only, you only have a certain amount of energy to work with every day based upon your eating habits and your sleeping habits. You only have a certain amount of energy. That's why you got to manage what gives you energy. And you also got to audit what is taking your energy so that you can have premium energy for things that deserves your energy. So what do you what must you be aware of for time's sake? You got to be aware of your associations, who you're around. You got to be aware of how often you acknowledge God. You got to be aware of your work and wealth ethics. You got to be aware of your actions and where your attention is. You got to be aware of your righteousness in Jesus. And you got to be aware of your emotions and where your energy goes. Now, let me go so I can get to my Patreon family. Now, how to be more so, oh, man. I forgot about how <laughs> this. I got about 10 more minutes to labor on these points. Now, how to be more self-aware. And for those who like, what you mean by your Patreon? Every Sunday, now every Saturday, Lord willing, I do a Patreon where people who, who are partnering with me on the purpose that God has with me as far as books, creating books, card games, and my mentoring program in my school, uh, people are, are supporting me that way. And then so they get some level of coaching. And so uh, check out the link below. It's probably not there for those who's watching live right now. Um, but go to patreon.com, <clears throat> type in Joshua as you'll see my Patreon, get connected with me. And at 2.15, I'll be engaging <clears throat> with some patrons and answer their questions about life, purpose, et cetera, and all that good stuff. So if you want to join me over there, and there's different price points where you connect with me. Um, and this summer, I'll be doing a lot of life coaching. So go to my website, IamUnplugged.com. You can either, you either can get coaching through my Patreon or you can sign up for coaching um, through my website. And you got to let me know your budget. Let me know what you can do. And I'll let you know what I can do for sure. And just because, and let me make sure I say this, just because you may not think you are giving enough, I am led by the spirit of God. So what I'm saying is give your best and let the Holy Spirit tell me what to do with the rest. And then we'll go from there. But let's keep going. Now, how to be more self-aware. Number one, A, you must acknowledge the presence and the support of God. How to be more self-aware, you got to acknowledge, like I said before, you got to acknowledge the presence. God is here. The presence of God keeps me accountable. The presence of God keeps me um, uh, um, strong and, and secure. So how to be more self-aware, I got to acknowledge the presence and support of God. God is there to support me. So even though I may not be aware of everything that's in my surroundings right now, maybe I might not be aware of how to handle everything right now. I might not be aware but I know who is aware is aware of me and is aware of everything around me. Therefore, I'm going to acknowledge God. God, I may not know. Listen, I'm going to tell you something about marriage. I don't know everything about husbandhood. I don't know everything about this stuff, but I know who does. Right. I know who does. So what I'm saying is I'm not going to try to be in pride and try to be a husband in pride. I'm not going to try to be a minister in pride and act like I know it all. No, I'm going to be aware of the one who knows it all. And I'm going to acknowledge his presence and be like, God, help me. Help me right now to be the husband I need to be. And he'll give more grace to the humble. 
He resists the proud and gives more grace. That's why we got to be more humble and say, I don't know anything. I'm not aware of everything. I don't know enough. God, I'm going to humble myself to you because you're going to give more grace to me as I grow in this area of my life. But in order for me to become more self-aware, I got to be aware of the one who knows everything. So I got acknowledge the presence support of God. He's there to support me. He's there to keep me accountable. <clears throat> He's there to help me mature and be the best person I can be. How to be more self-aware? W, identify where your blinders, blind spot, oh, identify where your blinders and blind spots are. Please excuse me. I, I wrote these notes today. <clears throat> identify where your blinders, blind and blind spots are. You got to be aware of them. Where am I blinded, God? Where are my blind spots? Where am I blinded? Where are my blind spots? Where are my blinders? Remove the blinders, God. I got to be aware. I got to identify them. I got to expose them. I got to welcome exposure. I got to identify. These are where my blinders are. These are where my blind spots are. These are where, this is the area of life where I have been blinded by this world. The world is in the business of blinding you from the help and light of God. The, the number one character the enemy is trying to assassinate is the character of God. Because if you can assassinate the character of God in your life, you'll never go to God for your life. So how to be more self-aware? I got to identify where my blinders are, where my blind spots are, where I'm blinded. Next, W, I got to track. You got to track your watching. You got to track your watching. And what I mean by that is you got to track... Uh, um, uh, or how often you watch over yourself. Track your watching. What I mean by that is, uh, for me, let me give an example. My goal, I'm getting better at this now, now that I kind of assessed my last year and I understand, oh, this is how my year was. Now I could be greater prepared for my next school year, right? So what I'm saying is that I, 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 I uh, assess, what was my point? I uh, track my watching. What I mean by that is, okay, at the end of every day, usually I reflect on my day. How did how was Josh today? Josh, you messed up that day. You Josh, you messed up around nine o'clock. Now, what did I eat last night that put me in this position of irritability? So what I'm saying is I'm watching myself daily, <clears throat> often daily. Where if I don't just fall asleep, you know what I'm saying? But when I look at myself, I say, Oh, this is this is what we could do as a practice for all of us. Every night, get a sheet of paper and write down how you do how did you do today? How did you engage with your coworkers? How did you engage with your spouse? How did you engage with your children? How was it? Uh, watch yourself in the audience. Say, okay, uh, usually what I found out was, why am I not as clear in the morning as I want to be? Why am I irritable sometime in the morning? And then when I did research, when I did research, I found out that you shouldn't eat within four hours of your, of your bedtime. That most of us, the reason why we're irritable and we're mentally ill is because our gut is ill. Our gut is not healed. Your gut is like your second brain. People don't understand. That's why they say trust your gut. Your gut is more trustworthy than your brain. So if you don't eat right, that's why the devil's after the food. Because the way our gut is will determine our what is, what we think, right? So when I begin to realize, hey, man, you eat, don't eat cereal right before you go to bed while you, uh, during a work week. Uh, don't eat within four hours because if you do, you're going to wake up irritable. You're not giving yourself your brain time to, to heal itself. I did a lot of research on it. <clears throat> the, reason why, <clears throat> the reason why many of us are where we are, I got to hurry up. The reason why many of us are where we are is because we got poor diets. And the issue is, is that we're eating so close to our bedtime. And when we eat so close to our bedtime, all the blood flows from your brain down to your stomach to digestion. Digestion takes up a lot of energy. Digestion takes up a lot of energy. And so if you're eating all the time, then you're digesting all the time. Therefore, the blood is not flowing to cleanse and heal the other areas of your life. It's in the gut. And if you're eating stuff that takes days to digest, then you become sluggish and you become unproductive. And now you have to utilize alcohol and caffeine uh, uh, inappropriate. You got to lose all the different meds just to keep yourself going when it's all based upon your poor diet. And your brain has to go through a cycle of cleansing. And, and if and at night, it's supposed to go through that. Therefore, if you've already digested and you've given four hours for your body to kind of relinquish itself from digesting and it starts going into your brain, then you become clearer the next day. And didn't, you didn't know you was going to get that today. That was for free for you. So I got to track my, track my watching. Did I eat something bad at night? That's why I'm irritable. Not everything's demonic. Some things are just what we put in our bodies, right? 
So I got to track my watching every day. I got to say, how did I do today? What contributed to the negative things in my day? At the end of every Saturday night, Sunday night, I often do it. I go downstairs and I just think about how was my week? Imagine we do that daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, semi-annually, annually. Imagine how how greater our years will become. I got to hurry up. I got to get on there at 215. Then you got to track your watching and write out your goals and prioritize your life. You got to, the reason why our awareness is everywhere is because we're not in order. And you got to assess your daily or, or you got to assess yourself daily or weekly. So here here was part two of that. Assess yourself daily or weekly and ask for feedback from trusted sources. Ask people, how am I? Be honest with me. And and take criticism. Listen, not everybody's a hater, fam. Not everybody's hating on you. Some of us, we're calling our, our best critics our ultimate haters. They're not hating. They're, they, they love you. Some people just love you and they take it like it is. We don't. We want to be surrounded by so many yes people so that we can continue to say yes to things that we should be saying no to. So assess your daily, assess yourself daily or weekly and ask for feedback from trusted sources. Keep going. Or you must remove all blinders, blind witnesses, etc. I think I, oh, so, oh, not only should you identify, but you also got to remove. <clears throat> Remove the blinders and blind witnesses, people who are yes people, that, that whatever, and do the right thing for the right reasons. Be self-aware of your motives and why you're doing what you're doing. Last but not least, E, enter, engage, and enjoy the moment. The things, the reason why we're not growing and succeeding is that we want tomorrow more than we appreciate today. Never want tomorrow more than you want today. Because today is what's going to help your tomorrow. I hope this message was a blessing to you. I got a good ready for my Patreon. I hope y'all was blessed by it. Uh, I'll probably do these videos on Saturdays. I'm thinking, uh, depending on what my wife needs and whatnot. Um, so I'm not going to make any promises that every Saturday I'm going to do singleness videos that I was typically doing on Thursdays. Um, but during the summer, I might do them on Thursdays because, you know, life is different now because I'm out of work as far as my school. Um, but um, I hope this was a blessing to you. Um, make sure you check out the book that sparked this course, The Purpose of Singleness, available on my website, or you can just go to Amazon, type in Joshua Ezzy, and you'll be able to see the plethora of books that God has uh, blessed me to create, including my children's book in the top right corner. A lot of great books. Uh, All these books are available on my website. Ways for you to give and support. So my website, IamUnplugged.com. Go there. If you want to support, connect with me, engage with me, help me to do what I got to do as I help you do what God wants you to do, whatever it is. Uh, I, I'm here to support uh, card games, books, uh, courses, all that stuff's on my website. If you want the rest of the videos and the worksheets. Now, I'm going to get better at the worksheets because it takes time to do those worksheets. Um, but the activity that I want you to do today is just simple. Uh, check, audit yourself daily, audit yourself weekly, all that good stuff. But if you want other worksheets to my other videos, make sure you go to lifework.teachable.com. There's a great lot of great tools and resources there. Um, I think that's it, y'all. Check out my Ezzy Life YouTube channel, <clears throat> the Ezzy Life. Uh, uh, my wife and I will probably vlog a whole lot more this summer. Check out some of our old videos, uh, all that good stuff. We, we plan on doing some Bible studies there, me and my wife. And we're not, listen, we're not trying to be those YouTube couples. That's not, listen, we off that. We too grown for that. We too mature for that. We're here to help y'all. Uh, so I think that's it. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Head over to Patreon. Type Joshua Ezzy right now. If you're watching right now, you say, I want to be a part of that Patreon. There's an $8 marker. Whatever you want to do, hop over there. I would love to serve y'all there. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.